Hello, friends. Welcome. I'm Andrew Hicks, and you're listening to the Text and Context Podcast. And hygiene, and it will change your life. It will give you a different perspective. I'm not trying to pull you away from your Sunday morning chair, okay? But if you've never experienced that type of ministry, I encourage you, talk to Deborah before you leave here tonight. Lord bless you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Are all of these mics hot? Does it matter which one I use? Oh, no, I just spit all over. Okay, well, I don't want to use that one because Billy spit all over that one. Does it Does it matter? Which I'm going to use this one. I hope that's fine. Is that fine? Okay, hey, how are you? Uh, wow. Just wow. That was uh, excellent. Thank you, uh, Josh and everyone. Uh, that song, uh, Your Love Never Fails, it's been a minute since I've heard that one. I love that one. That's uh, a real favorite of mine. Uh, just a quick prayer, and then we can dive in, all right? Uh, Father, as we open your word, open also our heart, our head, and our hands. In Jesus' name, amen. I had a, uh, a little encounter in college. Well, I had lots of encounters in college. But one in particular that I had in college was with this professor, and his name was Dr. Youngblood. I could not make this stuff up. Dr. Youngblood, and he taught Hebrew... And he had a giant beard that was down past his belly button. It was beautiful. And Dr. Youngblood uh, realized that I was having a really tough time one day. Uh, I just had a lot of things going on. I was married. I was full-time in college and doing an advanced program that was totally kicking my tail. And then I was also preaching part-time at a little church. So I was extremely busy. I was overworked. I was exhausted. And I was a little aggravated. And he noticed that and he was asking what's going on. And, you know, I gave him my list of complaints. I don't remember what it was now, but it was really important at the moment. I promise it was. And I gave him my little list of complaints and he patiently listened. And then after I got done, he said, well, if you're done with your belly aching, I have some advice. Okay. And he said, um, you need to be Ezekiel. And I said, uh, all right, I don't know how long it does to do a name change. Uh, I think it takes a little bit of time. He's like, no, you're misunderstanding. He said, you need to be Ezekiel because Ezekiel means hardened by God. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound pleasant. Please tell me more. And he did. He said that whenever we are in difficult times and whenever we're facing a difficult circumstance of basically any kind, any aggravations in life that we're going through, we have two options. We can try to make ourselves tough. But the problem with that is, is whenever we try to make ourselves tough, what we end up with is a hard heart and thin skin. And there are way too many Christians and pastors and preachers and many people out there who have hard hearts and thin skin. He said, option two is you can, uh, you can remain and cultivate a soft heart and you can let God be the one that will toughen you. You can let God be the one that will make you tough, which means then you would have a soft heart and thick skin, which means you can withstand just about any obstacle. My job is not to make myself tough. My job is to cultivate a gentle heart and to allow God to do that work of making me tough. Uh, I want to read a passage from Ezekiel tonight, Ezekiel chapter 3, and this is where he gets this description, and they have it up on the screen. It may not match exactly my translation, but that's fine. It's close enough. 
Or I can just read it off here. Then he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. For you are not sent to a people of unfamiliar speech and of hard language, but to the house of Israel. They speak your language. So they should be able to understand what you're going to say. And the next verse. Oh. In the interlude. <laughs> That's okay. We love you anyway, Max. Much love for Max. Oh, there it is. Uh, not to many people of unfamiliar speech and of hard language whose words you cannot understand. Surely had I sent you to them, they would have listened to you. Now, did you catch that? That doesn't, that doesn't work the way you would think it does. He says, I didn't send you to a people who couldn't even understand the language you're speaking. But if I had, they would have repented. You ever tried to speak with a language barrier? It's difficult. Can you imagine trying to preach the gospel to someone through a language barrier? It can be done. It can be done. And praise God, the Spirit of, of God moves and it can happen. But it's tough. And God says to Ezekiel, I'm sending you to my people, your people, people of Israel. And they speak your language and they're not going to listen. It would be easier if you went somewhere where they spoke a completely different language and you tried to preach to them. Then they would listen. Do you got the next one? But the house of Israel will not listen to you because they will not listen to me. For all the house of Israel are imprudent and hard-hearted. Behold, I have made your face strong against their faces and your forehead strong against their foreheads. Couldn't make this stuff up. This is in the Bible. Hard heads are in the Bible, people. That's right. Like an adamant stone, harder than flint, I have made your forehead. Do not be afraid of them, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they are a rebellious house. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, receive into your heart all my words that I speak to you and hear with your ears. And go, get to the captives, to the children of your people, and speak to them and tell them, Thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or whether they refuse. A lovely passage. Thought I'd go for an encouraging one. Go preach. They're not going to listen. Good luck. But don't worry. They're stubborn and I'll make you as stubborn as they are. Enjoy. The prophet Ezekiel. How's that for a job description? Anybody want to sign up for Ezekiel's job description? No. Somebody was like, oh. Yeah. So Ezekiel is given the job to go to the people, preach to them. They're going to be hard-hearted. But God doesn't say, I'm going to make your heart hard to match their hard hearts. He does say, I'm going to make your forehead hard. Mm -hmm. In other words, Ezekiel, you listen to my word. Did you catch that? Mm -hmm. You hear my word and take it to heart. Receive it into your heart. Hear with your ears. And then go to the people. Soft heart, thick skin. Versus the Israelites who had thin skin, Hard heart. Oh, listening to God and then speaking his truth. For Ezekiel throughout the book of Ezekiel, and you're probably not terribly familiar with Ezekiel. I'm not as familiar with Ezekiel as I'd like to be. But Ezekiel is a weirdo, to just give it to you, Frank. Uh, because for Ezekiel, what it means to have a soft heart and thick skin is he's going to have to do some absolutely crazy things. And then people are going to completely ridicule him and he's going to have to do them anyway because he's making a prophetic point. For example, 
There's one scene where Ezekiel starts playing basically with Lincoln Logs, modern equivalent. Lincoln Logs builds the city of Jerusalem and stages a siege because he's like, yeah, if you don't repent, they're going to come and conquer you. And then all the people are just looking at him like, Ezekiel's playing with toys in the middle of the town square. I don't think Ezekiel's all there. Then Ezekiel also is told, given a scroll, and he's told, eat the scroll. And he does. And he says, oh, that tasted sweet like honey. That's not too bad. Yeah. And then, just to make sure that I never get the opportunity to speak on Wednesday night again, Ezekiel is told to cook with poop. And he does it. That's in the Bible, people. I couldn't make that up. That's Ezekiel. He is a weirdo. But you know what? He did all these crazy things, and he did them as signs. There was meaning behind each one of those. You can read about it. We can talk about it later. But the point is, God called him to do it. It was crazy, and he did it. Even when people were making fun of him, even when people were ridiculing him, even whenever he got like legitimately persecuted for it, and yet he did it anyway. Why? Because his job was to listen to what God told him, to take it to heart, and then let the people do what they will. Because ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter what everybody else thinks, or does it really matter what, what God thinks? Um, there's a lady, Brene Brown, who does a bunch of TED Talks. She's excellent. You should look her up. It's fantastic. But she uh, told a story once where she was in a department store with her young daughter, like two or three, and the, the young girl enjoys the song that's playing over the speakers. So in the middle of the department store, she just starts doing the chicken dance in the middle of the department store. And her first reaction is to chide her or like tell her, no, 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 don't do that. Shh. I hope nobody's looking because she's nervous about what everybody else would think. But then before she can do that, she pauses for just a second and she sees her daughter and the pure innocence of her joy right there. And then she says, is this what I want to teach my daughter? And you know what she does? She does the chicken dance in the middle of the department store. And she says, I don't care what anybody else says. Because she said, that little child doesn't deserve that. To be told that it matters more what everybody else thinks of you than to enjoy your chicken dance. <laughs> and so she did it with her. To me, that's a great example of someone who has a soft heart thick skin I pray that I would be that kind of parent one day um, I also think of um, a man that I knew he was my counseling professor in seminary and he was going to get a haircut and he shows up and he's told yeah it's going to be an hour or more and he's like that's fine I'll just wait you know he's just sitting there patiently and enjoying his time and eventually there's this man sitting next to him and he's like you know really doing this number you know, like one of those foot tapping. And then he's looking over at the lady and he's like, <clears throat> you know, I got a schedule here. And he was there before he got there. And he's been waiting. And about 30 minutes later, eventually the man just stands up, barges up to the lady on the counter, starts yelling at her. Well, I have a schedule too. And, and you should be more considerate. I just needed a haircut. I'm out of here. And then he bursts out the front door. And the lady at the front counter was perfectly calm and fine. And then she looked at, that professor, and she said, I'm sure that the haircut is not the worst thing that's happened to him today. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, it's your turn. That's a woman who has thick skin and a soft heart. So uh, 
My wife and I are working on the Dave Ramsey baby steps. Anybody familiar with the Dave Ramsey baby steps? Yeah. My financial coach is here, so I'm scoring some brownie points tonight. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> don't worry about it. We'll talk about that later. But, uh, yeah, the baby step, you know, the whole idea is, like, just little increments of progress. What's the bare minimum start? So if you're interested in having an Ezekiel heart, I don't know if you are. I'm interested in cultivating the heart of Ezekiel, to be hardened by God, to have a soft heart, thick skin. If you're interested, I got a couple of baby steps for you. Okay, I have four baby steps. Not as many as Dave Ramsey, there's seven, but just four for Ezekiel. The first one is this. You got to realize that hurt people hurt people. And that judged people judge people. It's so hard to realize. And even if you know it intellectually, it is so hard to act like you know that that's true. Do you know what I'm talking about? People who have been hurt are the ones who hurt. And people who have been judged are the ones who judge. Um, Be patient and generous in your response. Who knows what they were going through? So when you're sitting in traffic and somebody is going unbelievably below the speed limit. That could be a frightened little old lady in there. (laughs) Or it could be me who had a flat tire the other day and I'm just trying to limp down the road to Bucky's to air it up to go to the shop. And yet you have people zooming around like crazy. Just be generous. You don't know. That man in the barbershop, that's probably not the worst thing that happened to him today. That lady in the checkout line, that's probably not the worst thing that's happened to her today. You get my point. Hurt people hurt people. Exhausted people are the ones that project their problems on others. And don't react to other people's overreactions. You know, it's always funny whenever someone is overreacting and you're like, you're overreacting! And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, There's a a phrase in my household, and my wife Hannah is tired of hearing it by now, but I picked this up from somewhere. I don't even remember now, but it's this. Reaction to overreaction is overreaction. Okay, for everyone else, I'll repeat that one more time. Reaction to an overreaction is an overreaction. I'm telling you. Try to keep that in check. Be generous in your response. Uh, Number two, be careful about sarcasm and snark. Yeah. I obviously don't have a problem with that one. (laughs) My sense of humor is very sarcastic. It always has been. It's very snarky. Uh, For some people, they find that comforting and enjoyable. Uh, A lot of people, it alienates them, though. And here's the thing. Even if I'm just being funny, even if I'm just kidding, I'm telling you, if you're not careful, you're going to be the person who's so sarcastic that it's not ironic anymore. That's just who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a certain point at which it's no longer a joke. It's just you're being a jerk. You know what I'm saying? And I say this not pointing at you. I say this pointing at me. Because there's got to be a time to check the sarcasm and check the snark and to just be generous with people. It might feel a little cheesy at first. I'm going to be real. At first, you're going you're, you're gonna to notice and you're going to have that little twinge, that little remark that is just perfect for what somebody just said. And then you're going to catch that moment because I was telling you that you should check your sarcasm tonight. And then you're going to think, and then you're going to do something else and it's going to feel so cheesy and weird and out of character. But I'm telling you, for the other person, it means the world. Because it's really fun whenever you're the one that's got the snarky comment, but it's not as fun whenever somebody else has the snarky comment. Even if you think it's fun. Um, Sarcasm and snark can also be a way of deflecting your pain. 
and the stuff that you're not dealing with. Um, so, you know, often hurt people hurt people. Well, often we hurt people with our little comments because we ourselves are hurting and we're, we're not trying to process it. Mm. I say that as someone who needs to deal with some stuff too. We all do. Number three, consider taking a break from social media now and again. I know, I know. It's like, it's like uh, if you're going to do anything at church, the preacher's got to say something about a few key things, and social media is one of them. Oh, social media. Need to get off social media. There is something to be said for the fact that Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it thrives on us being angry. You know this, right? It thrives on alienating people. That's the, that's the whole point. It's like, I post something and I'm like, well, if you vote Democrat, you're not my friend anymore. And if you vote Republican, you're not my friend anymore. And it's like, how old are you? We are not children on the digital playground. Grow up. And then someone will inevitably say, well, it's different. I just scroll. You ever hear people say, my mom says that sometimes. I hope my mom doesn't listen to this recording. Yeah, I'm just scrolling. I'm like, that counts. Because you're still seeing all the junk. And you're still processing all the junk. And you're still having really over-the-top reactions to it. Oh, hey, remember, remember that comment? Reaction to overreaction is an overreaction. Mm-hmm. Posting a really angry comment back on somebody else's overreaction post. Yeah, that is overreaction. You with me on this? Personally, I have got to try to keep my balance with that. Because it is a place where it just fills me with such... Um, Anger, really. Frustration. And um, the real thing is I would never say any of those things to a person in public. We're all going to go to HEB. We're all going to get our groceries. And whenever I see you, I'll bump into you and say, hey, how are you? And then whenever I get home, I'll be posting nasty things about you on my Facebook wall. But whenever we remember, oh, oh, yeah, that other person is a person not as um, social anymore, is it? Uh, And then the last one, be careful about what you watch and listen to. It's similar to the social media, but it can be different too. Um, Have you ever seen those YouTube videos? This is for the younger audience. Have have you ever seen those YouTube videos, um, Everything Wrong With? You know what I'm talking about? Everything Wrong With, and then it's a movie. Yes. Everything Wrong With, The Avengers, Everything Wrong With. I love those so much. They are so funny, but I cannot watch them because they make me really cynical. And if you can watch that and still have a flourishing and healthy life, good for you. I cannot. Uh, There are certain things I just can't watch or else it makes me a really awful, cynical person. That's one of those things. Everything wrong with. Because then not only am I finding everything wrong with our movies and our TV shows, which drives everybody that's watching with me crazy, I'm also finding everything wrong with everything and everyone yeah and then it just gets bad um there's a time and a place for a healthy criticality to to say how can this be better how can this be made um more perfect to the glory of god there's a time and a place for that but also there's a time and a place for me to check myself and say i just need to be generous it's not perfect this is a really messed up world people are sometimes often just doing the best they can i'm just gonna give it to you i don't know Maybe that's just the best you've got today. And, and with that, many of the things that we end up watching is, is it makes us very cynical. Cynicism is a drug, and it's very addictive, but the reality is cynicism is lazy. 
To be cynical is lazy. Joy is hard work. As the poet uh, Amanda Gorman says, it's easy to harp, but it's hard to hope. It's easy to harp, but it's hard to hope. Cynicism is lazy. Joy is hard work. Hope is hard work. Joy, hope, and love all require a remarkable amount of vulnerability, and we can't accomplish them with a hard heart and thin skin. So there's your baby steps. No big deal. It's like whenever I heard the Dave Ramsey baby steps, and it's like, step one, something relatively simple. Step two, pay off all your debt. And I was like, wow, that's baby step two. <laughs> you don't want to know the other ones yet, okay? Yeah, these are baby, this is just getting started because this is not an easy task if you dare to take it up. But let me tell you, God can do some wonderful, amazing, beautiful, brilliant things with a soft heart. And a lot of it is our willingness and our openness and our readiness. May your hearts be soft and may your skin be tough. I pray God makes you tough. May God speak and may you listen and take it to heart. And I just want to end by praying a blessing over you. This is from the end of the letter of Jude. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to make you stand without blemish in the presence of his glory with rejoicing. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Amen. Be blessed.